A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fast talk, street talk, Mike Graham. Fighting the good fight with all his might. Providing a welcome dose of common sense for the common people. Solid talk, hot talk. The independent republic of Mike Graham. On the app, on your mobile, talk radio and talk TV. Well, where to begin? Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. This is quite a tumultuous day, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Prime Minister's questions coming up uh, with the Prime Minister, uh, who is at the very least hanging on to a very shugly peg, as we would say in Scotland. Uh, last night, uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer resigned. Rishi Sunak was gone. Sajid Javid, the Secretary of State for Health, was gone. Uh, they've both been followed by a whole series uh, of some minor ministers, a couple of other Tories, an envoy or two. Uh, some people think there'll be more between now and midday. We've got two tumultuous hours to bring you uh, of rapid television uh, and political insight from myself, from John Rental, from Richard Tice, from Trevor Kavanagh. Uh, all sorts of people are going to be giving their views on what is going on, what is likely to happen, where we all go from here, and whose fault is it? I don't think there's much choice in all of those questions, but to answer, this is all down to Boris Johnson, a man uh, who could have not got himself into this mess had he just done something differently, had he not, in fact, hired Mr Pincher, or if he had hired Mr Pincher, if he had simply said... It was a mistake to hire him. Uh, we thought he'd uh, mended his ways. It turned out he hadn't. He's still touching people up in the back of taxis. We're sorry about that. Uh, let's move on. We wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't be sitting here wondering whether or not Steve Barclay is going to be any good as the Secretary of State for Health, wondering whether or not Nadim Zahawi uh, and his new form of you know, evidence-based um, exchequery is going to make any difference. Nobody knows. But we want to hear from all of you today because this is your opportunity to tell us, the media, precisely what you want. Because at the end of the day, there will be people who say, oh, it's the media that brought him down. It's the backbench MPs. It's the weasels on the Tory backbenches that have done it. Some people will say, no, actually, it was Boris Johnson. I'm one of those. But if you want to blame somebody for this, you can blame me. 0344 499 1000 is the number. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. This is, of course, Talk TV. It's at times like this, um, I have to say, that people like John Rental and I um, can't get up early enough in the morning, to be honest. <laughs> um, 
I was on uh, the talk last night. I'll be on it again tonight. Um, extraordinary uh, developments over the course of sort of late yesterday afternoon, early evening. John, welcome to the show. Hello there. Thank goodness you could be here because we need somebody calm, measured and completely utterly uh, uncorruptible uh, to talk about what is going on because I'll it's a fascinating... See if we can find someone. Yeah. It's a fascinating uh, day. We've got Prime Minister's questions coming up. Nobody really knows what that's going to look like. You know, will uh, Tory well, MPs... Well, it'll still be Boris Johnson, I think. Well, he'll be there, yeah. But, I mean, what will be behind him is my question. <laughs> well, you know, where will Rishi question. Sunak be? Where will Sajid Javid be? They're able to make um, resignation statements, we understand, yeah. which I think will take place after PMQs. Correct. Which could be very dramatic. We've got a committee meeting that Boris is supposed to be at, which has been described as a room full of all of the people that hate him the most, Yeah. which he may or may not attend. 90 minutes of the Prime Minister's life at, the, at a moment of crisis yes. like this. It's extraordinary. And the biggest... <laughs> question i suppose for a lot of people listening to this this morning will be yeah but who's actually in charge of the clattering train is anybody doing any governing is anybody doing any government is any policy being made we heard the dean to harvey this morning i was listening to an interview with him where he talks about evidence-based um policy making <laughs> you know he's obviously taking the in a vaccine triumph and running with it and going well we're going to take a different approach he hinted to, to some extent that rishi sunak actually uh, was a barrier to Boris Johnson's fiscal policy and wasn't doing what he wanted him to do and that he would be different. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much to talk about, really. I mean, talk us through, first well, of all, what happened last night and why you think uh, Sunak and Javid went when they did. Uh, well, I think they they finally calculated that uh, it's damaging them more. I mean, to, to look at it very cynically, it's damaging them more to, to stay in the mm. cabinet than to, uh, than, than to quit. I mean, it was the, it was the apology, um, wasn't it? I no, suppose. I think it was before. I think it was before that. Really? Um, because they, because that was about the same time. I mean, I think they must have decided to uh, to, to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've told this story that. a couple of times. I, I, I was due to meet a friend of mine, and so I was on my way to Westminster. Funnily enough, got on the tube at Canada Water, and just as I started moving, it said I read the apology, and I thought that's not going to go down very well. <laughs> you know, he's now apologising for something that he said uh, he didn't remember uh, yeah. before he said it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and then next stop. Um, it, Sajid Javid had resigned next stop Rishi Sunak had gone and the next stop I think I was asked if I could come in and do the talk so yeah. you know suddenly the world had changed in a matter of four stops on the underground uh, ab- absolutely um, you know I mean I wrote uh, I wrote an article yesterday uh, morning saying you know talking about the twilight of the Prime Minister but mm. I didn't realise that uh, you know, that it would, be, that would be a few hours later although we say that but I mean there's nothing to suggest that he will go anytime soon is there well, I mean, he's, he, he, I mean he, he's, he's grimly hanging on but he could grimly hang on for a while well next week certainly mm. um, it's true that the three of the last four Prime Ministers uh, chose to go before they uh, before they were forced out mm. um, you know Theresa May um, stepped down. Um, David Cameron stepped down after the after the referendum, and, yeah. and Tony Blair uh, went before he was actually forced out. It was mm. only Gordon Brown who lo- lost an election. Uh, but uh, Boris Johnson's not like them. I mean, mm. he will he will stick to the rules and say, you know, I'm prime minister until un- until you stop me. Mm. Uh, and the only thing that can stop him, apart from uh, the House of Commons uh, voting his government down yeah. and forcing a general election, the only thing that can stop him is, is Conservative MPs changing the rules and, In the uh, and 1922 committee. An, having another vote, vote yes. of confidence. And that happens next week, supposedly. I mean, there was a scenario painted last night to me that Graham Brady might be the, wa- the one who goes to Boris to say... Look, this is what's likely to happen. Yeah. Um, if you want to do this in a kind of, you know, orderly fashion, it might be wise for you to step aside. But Boris Johnson now. doesn't do things in orderly fashion. No. He he will say, "Well, bring it on. Yeah. I will I will fight another vote of confidence." Mm. Uh, but he, if he does, I think he'll lose, and that'll be the that'll be the end of it. So it could all be over 
um, uh, sort of Thursday next week. Mm. Uh, if the new executive of the 1922 committee uh, is elected on Wednesday, if it meets, decides to change the rules, holds a vote of confidence uh, the next day, say... Does it matter who gets elected onto that committee, as it were? Oh, yes. I mean, because absolutely. presumably there will be people who are more friendly to Boris than others. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. if it's... If well, it's, then it's a diminishing number. If it's uh, if it's 16 Steve Bakers, then, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's curtains for the Prime Minister. Yes. That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, difficulty, I suppose, for people trying to figure out what's going on here is that suddenly Steve Barclay's in charge of... Um, the National Health Service, you know, whether anybody wants to believe it or not, that's in crisis. Yes. It needs somebody who knows what they're doing to steward us out of that. Um, I don't know what his experience is in the health department. I suspect he doesn't have any. Um, <laughs> similarly with um, uh, the new Chancellor of the Exchequer. Yeah. I mean, Nadine Zahar, we, we, we are told, has got ambitions of his own. Um, but what do you see Sunak and Javid doing? Do you see them sort of waiting, well, think, positioning think, themselves? Yes, I think they intend to stand if there's a leadership election, which mm. there which almost certainly will be. I mean, the question is whether it, whether that leadership election kicks off on uh, Thursday week mm. or, or whether the 1922 committee uh, allows the timetable to slip and you know come, decides to reconvene in September. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Prime Minister will, will go quickly or he'll go yeah. slightly less quickly yes uh, but i think i he, mean his, his demise has been predicted for a long time yes. let's face it and every time it has been predicted it's turned out not to be true and i mean i think there have been i mean all of us i think have thought at one point or other he was going to go and then he somehow didn't <laughs> yes. um so i mean he does have remarkable survivability well, except the, vote, the vote of confidence a month ago um he he survived that but mm. not very well i mean 41 percent no. of your mps voting against you is not is not great no. and i heard uh, one mp last night saying that he had voted for him exactly that time on the basis that he said he would kind of reform yes. and he would change but in yes. fact it looks like but he hasn't so this guy well, says he's actually given interviews yeah. saying i'm not going to undergo a psychological transformation yeah no, of course he's not and so change. people and who they did realize that so a lot of people who did vote in his favor will yeah. now ne- next time not do that exactly i mean as soon as there is another vote of uh, confidence i think he'll lose it yeah i think that's right so i mean meanwhile if for example he does go next week there's then has a leadership battle well exactly over the, over the summer six six weeks the summer. over the summer because i remember i remember the last one uh, when boris johnson and, and jeremy hunt were up against one another we had a i think we had a, a debate here in this building yeah. on the 17th floor the sun sponsored one um but it took a, quite a long time and, and jeremy hunt had no chance <laughs> no, so i mean absolutely. if there's any because there's it, kind of a ragtag bunch of people presumably will throw their hats into the ring we've got an odds maker coming on later there's maybe seven names of people uh, that could possibly try try their luck right? well i seem to remember last time um there, there were eight or ten candidates initially um, I mean, some of them didn't have uh, didn't have many supporters, but yeah. uh, and were winnered out quite quickly. and dropped out quite fast. Um, but this time, I think that might not be the case. Well, I wonder. There are a lot of people who want to stand, and there's no obvious um, favourites. Right, I mean, and then there's a bit of horse trading that goes on. So I mean, it could p- yeah. potentially go through. And would he then step down and that in that way, like walk away from from Downing Street? No, no, because so I mean, what would... what people forget is you've always got to have a prime minister. Mm. Um, and there's no such thing as a caretaker prime minister. Right. I mean, uh, and I don't think that will happen. I mean, if you know, when when Jeremy Hunt and and Boris Johnson were were fighting it out, Theresa May was still prime minister. Yeah. She carried on being prime minister until until that July. Yeah. Um, and that's but what leaving Boris Johnson in charge of, of Downing Street is a bit like leaving um, a radio <laughs> a radio presenter in charge of his own show when you've well, been fired. You've got another week to go and you go, really? Is that, that wise? Yeah. No, you well, but that's you go around the, sort of breaking all the crockery in the kitchen or something. That's how the constitution works. I Turning mean. on all the taps, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
Because that's kind of, I mean, he's got this image, hasn't he, Boris Johnson? I mean, we were listening uh, just there before to uh, uh, the guy who resigned from uh, the Trade Minister of Morocco's job, Morrison, <laughs> I think it is, um, saying trade that, envoy. you know, his... his um, you know, his strength is also his weakness yes. in that, you know, he is very uh, rambunctious. He is very kind of in your face. He's not like any other politician. Yeah. And all of those things that people like about him has caused the opposite side and the opposite effect. And and, and I think that's absolutely right. And the problem is um, we then go back to politics as usual, which is a lot more dull in a way. <laughs> isn't well, it? Yes, but I think the I think the Conservative Party in Parliament is crying out for a bit of dullness. Um, well, really, Don't... that alternation between between dull administrators like Theresa May and, mm. and you know exciting, charismatic uh, entertainers like uh, Boris Johnson is is going to continue. I mean, presumably, whoever succeeds him is going to be slightly less uh, less of a show yeah. person. Now, are you going to tell me that once and for all, Keir Starmer is actually going to do him in? At, P- at PMQs today because well, how many times have we expected isn't. him to and then he's missed the game and missed the ball again surely he can't miss it today no 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 Prime Minister's question, question time is always a disappointment yeah. if, it's, if it's a big build up uh, but I mean partly because of the format and and the advantages you have as a mm. Prime Minister and, and, and Boris Johnson knows <clears throat> knows how to operate it yeah. Um, so yeah we will we will end up all being bit bitterly disappointed by one o'clock yes I mean I'm assuming that he'll get up and say he wants to welcome the two new um, ministers of state you know the Chancellor <laughs> of the Exchequer and you know to the House of Commons I mean it's got it's got some great potential it's going to be live here of course at 12 o'clock uh, with Peter Cardwell uh, we've got much to do but we want to hear from you today because the people who voted Boris Johnson in many of you out there still feel uh, that he's been stitched up by the media that he's somehow been stitched up by his own backbenchers and that actually he should be left to do the work that he was elected to do the trouble is he hasn't done any of that that's part of the problem, isn't it? But do call us. We want to hear from you. 0344 499 1000. We're with John Renzel from The Independent. Uh, we've got much more to do and plenty of time to do it in. This is Talk TV. Talk Radio. Smooth, strong and very long. Tell your ears to chew on this. The home of common sense. Talk Radio. Online on DAB+. Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on this tumultuous day in British politics. Many of you want to talk to us. We will get to all of you. Don't worry. 0344 499 1000 because your opinions are the ones that don't get heard very often and we'd like to hear them, quite frankly. John Rental's here with me. One name I haven't heard much of in the last 24 hours is Michael Gove. Well, what's he, he up he, to? He said he was staying. Um, yeah, well, he's not going anywhere, but, but what's he doing is, <laughs> is my main question. Well, I don't think he's going to be... He's not going to be running for the leadership. I think he's recognised that... Uh, his his time has been been and gone. He's tried yes. he's 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 tried uh, more than once, um, and it hasn't worked out. He is actually e- extremely unpopular with the general public. Yeah, uh, unfairly in my view. Um, uh, having having worked with him in, at, at the BBC long ago, mm. uh, I think he's a, I think he's a hugely talented minister, and I think he will presumably continue to serve he uh, comes whoever across, the new prime minister. But he is. comes across as in a strange way because he's not quite. A Boris Johnson figure is he? No. And he's also not quite—he's not, not that dull actually. He's quite interesting, but yes, he kind absolutely. of comes across as a bit unhinged at times, <laughs> partly because of his own, you know, operational kind of uh, manner. Yes. You know. Yes. I like think when he that's... starts going, you know, calm down, calm all that sort of Liverpudlian stuff that he did, yes. and then you know gets spotted in a Scottish uh, nightclub on his own dancing. I think People he's probably going, yeah. It's but a his, bit odd. his fundamental problem is that he was education secretary yeah. for for a while and uh, became extremely unpopular with with uh, not just parents but a whole generation of 
of children yes. who have grown up and got the vote. So yes, and a lot of them haven't forgiven him. No, um, which which I think is unfair. But I mean, that's that's politics. Politics mm. is unfair. I mean, I think you know. I mean, I think of the of the available candidates, Rishi Sunak is the best qualified. But I think he's probably done but, you himself know, the, in. But, and but I think it comes back down to, to, to the rich thing. Just got some breaking news. Lee Anderson, MP for Ashfield, has just posted on Facebook that he has no confidence any longer. In the prime well, there minister. goes another one. You see, who supported the and prime minister in, wall, in the vote of a, confidence? That's a new red wall MP. Absolutely. You know. um, and uh, again, he'll be a very interesting interviewee. Um, you know, not short of an opinion or two. No, we're trying to get um, him on as we speak, because Lee talks to us quite a lot, and he's a guy who has absolutely the uh, the pulse of, of his constituents. Uh, you know, in his pocket, he knows well, exactly very what they say. Very interesting to see who he's supporting. Uh, Yes. In the uh, in the leadership contest, we which can also is, confirm that Sajid Javid will make a resignation speech following Prime Minister's questions today. We'll bring that to you live, so uh, that will happen sometime after half past that's, twelve. That's another possible anticlimax in the making. There, I think. Do you think? Because the language of both of their resignation letters was interesting. I thought because it was almost as though Rishi Sunak um, was was definitely making out that he could no longer stay because the government was not competent. Yeah. Um, that the government was not running itself properly. I mean, he's part and of suggesting that. Suggesting that there were there were differences of policy between yeah. him and the prime minister without saying what they were. But could that play badly for Sunak though? Because I mean, if Boris Johnson comes out and says, Says, yeah, but the thing I wanted to do was cut taxes and you wouldn't let me do it. Because yeah. you know that if that's the only thing left in his armoury, Boris Johnson will cut taxes because he doesn't care about but, the long-term damage that that might cause. Yes, but I think Rishi Sunak was hinting at uh, at that in his in his letter when he said, you know, if, if, if something sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's his argument is, you know, he'd love to cut taxes, but... You know, we've just had a pandemic and it's not it is not fiscally responsible. Yeah, but that's not the point anymore, is it? It's not about fiscal responsibility. It's about saving the big dog. Well, yes, but after I think all. yes, but I, th- I think Rishi Sunak's pitch for the leadership will be that he is uh, he's someone who can be trusted with the economy. Mm. That, and, you know, cutting taxes when you when you can't afford to do it is not something that would go Yeah, down, but people who want to pay well less tax. I mean, that's supposedly also one of the reasons that he left yesterday, that he was unhappy that these national insurance um, changes that are being made, which yeah. are going to make it possible for people to actually pay less tax at the bottom end of the uh, of the income scale, didn't really get any press because everyone was talking about Boris Johnson and whether he was going to leave or not. Yeah, absolutely. Well, except, <laughs> you know, those national insurance uh, reductions were... Um, were a partial reversal of of an increase, well, which an increase which which Rishi Sunak himself put it. No, of through, course. Although he blames uh, he blames the prime minister yeah. for that because he said to the he said to Boris Johnson, if you want to spend all this money on your social care plan, mm. you're going to have to yeah. um, you're going to have to fund. But it. it was a very muddled announcement, wasn't it? Because it, it was, was like, well, we're putting up national insurance. Everybody went boo, <laughs> and then they went, no, but don't worry. In July, it'll all come back to you. And we'll, everyone's we'll, going, what? We'll put we'll, we'll give why? half of it back. Yeah. To you. yeah. So I mean, it was all a bit muddled. But I mean, I think in the end, people will judge Rishi. Sunak on what he did as Chancellor and you might make an argument to say he didn't do very much, you know, he gave a lot of no. money away uh, at the time when he was ordered to um, but after that... Well, except that was that was very popular, the furlough scheme It was popular was, then, was, but, it was was also, popular. but it was also unpopular and with a lot of people who didn't get any money and that's well, quite a few of them and it was also unpopular with those who saw mu- much of it going off into the ether because it was fraudulently well, I mean, yes, removed ab- Absolutely. So, so, you know, I don't I mean, if you were to be honest and say, is Rishi Sunak one of the great chancellors of the Exchequer? I'd have to say no, I don't think so. Well, um, and I think your opinion is probably shared by uh, by a large majority, but, uh, you know, the question is if, if if it's not going to be Rishi Sunak, then you know who should be Prime mm. Minister? 
Well, I wonder about Nazim Zahawi and his rise to fame because he's kind of come from nowhere. Yeah. Suddenly he's in education, then suddenly, um, you know, he's, he's Chancellor of the Exchequer. Yeah, I you know. know. It's, it, he goes from education to health to Chancellor of the Exchequer. Was, it, was that the way around it went? Yeah. Um, well, he was vac- he's, he's vaccines minister, which, which is when he yeah, really that's um, right. cut through and, yeah. and, and impressed And he's people. now using that and um, saying he's going to be the Chancellor that uses evidence-based <laughs> policy. I'm not sure what that is. You know, <laughs> yeah, what, is exactly. what is economic theory? I think, I think being Chancellor is a bit, a bit more difficult than being a spokesperson yeah. for the vaccine tox- task force, which was doing a good Job. Well, he was asked this uh, morning anyway. if, as Chancellor, he would now do what he recommended when he was Secretary of State for Education, which is give teachers a 9% pay rise. <laughs> and he kind of he kind of shuffled around a bit. And went, well, that's well, where it all gets a bit different. We're going to start with 7%, um, and then we're going to give it to some of them, and then some of them will get 5%. So, when he, you know, he's beginning yeah. to realise already, day one in the job, yeah. um, he's presumably going to have to bring in his own team as well, and all soon next people will be swept, swept out in the yes. traditional manner. So... I mean, you know. Meanwhile, I think there'll be people listening to this show going, "Well, what about us? You know, the people. What are, yeah. what are we going to do? You know, how are we going to get on? You know, we've got people uh, going slow on motorways because the fuel prices are too high. Absolutely, we've got people being asked to pay seven pounds for a bit of Lurpak butter. Yeah. I mean, it's mad. Now, in the middle of a of a cost of living crisis, the Conservative Party takes its collective head off and starts running around in circles mm. and spending and and in, in, intending to spend the entire summer. Running a yeah. uh, running a leadership campaign, and even if even if even if they don't start that, you know, next week, mm. which is which is perfectly possible, they may put put it off until the autumn. The whole of the summer is going to be taken up by speculation about yeah. this, uh, about and who's I mean, going to replace Boris. In Johnson. the history of the Conservative Party's self harming uh, capabilities, I mean, this is pretty big, isn't it? I mean, this is almost <laughs> as big as they've ever done. I mean, getting rid of Thatcher, you can you can almost see at a point. Because yeah. it had gone that far. Well, no, that was that was ruthless and, yeah. and in, its, in its interest, and, yes. it, and it worked because yes, it they did. won the subsequent general election. And then Cameron's own kind of, you know, screwing up the uh, the referendum scenario and his humming as he went back in the door. Um, <laughs> but this really, I mean, they were in a great position. You yeah. know, literally only a year ago. Yes, absolutely. There was nothing nine be, months ago. Uh, but, there was know, nothing Johnson... on the horizon at all. You know, everybody understood that things had been difficult because of the pandemic. Yeah, they were willing to give Boris Johnson a bit of um, leeway. Yeah. to get everything back to normal. And now, well, this is where we are. Literally, I mean, you know, the the burning bin scenario. I mean, the bin's now being pushed <laughs> down the road, about to go off a cliff. Yeah, leaving uh, leaving Keir Starmer, provided he doesn't get well, a, a that fixed was penalty my final, notice. My final question um, to you. To pick up, to pick up yeah, the pieces. My final question to you. Keir Starmer will learn sometime this week or next, probably. Yeah, probably. Will he, will he be here? Yes, I think he will. You think? Um yeah, I mean, I, I, that would be an extraordinary... My I bet mean, is he gets a, um, the, the rules were broken, but we'll take no further action, giving him his little out that he kept for himself, so that if he doesn't actually physically get the fine, he can stay. Yeah, well, he said he said if, if, he, if he got a fixed penalty, notice, yes. then, then he would resign. But, but it, anything, you know, anything less than that, and he's, he's, he's okay. And he's home free, but yeah. obviously not with any integrity. <laughs> because, you know, that's what he plays on now. Well, I don't know. He, he'll, he'll be doing what he said he did. Yeah, that's what I mean. But then he'll be just another slippery politician who's got himself out of the way. Well, yes, but you know, politicians, uh, politicians are like that, and people, yeah. people aim off for that. It's a shocking uh, state of affairs. He, he will be the main beneficiary of all this chaos. Yeah, he will possibly. We know uh, what we don't know. Uh, there's a lot of known unknowns, some unknown unknowns, and some uh, known knowns. I guess is all we could say. Uh, John Rental, <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Uh, we'll have more, and t- we'll take your calls as well. Make that call oh three four four. A four nine nine one thousand. Tell us what you want. Tell us what you think. Tell us who you want to blame for this. This is Talk TV.
The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Uh, we've got Richard Tice here with us. Very good morning to you, Richard. Fresh from the Piers Morgan show last night. Um, it's a great... I mean, I don't mean to be, um, you know, sort of gloating here, but, I mean, for those of us who are interested in politics, this is a fascinating time to be alive, isn't it? It's certainly fascinating. I also think, actually, it's very sad because it's humiliating for the country, Mike, mm. to have a, a serial liar who uh, said that he would change, mm. and, and actually it's turned out that he's incapable of change. Mm. And he's embarrassing the role of Prime Minister, he's embarrassing uh, the role of government, he's embarrassing his party, and he's humiliating the country mm. on the international stage. And you've got this complete cascade of resignations. Just wherever you look, there's, there's resignations. Bound to be, there's bound to be more. We're going to take a little stock, actually, here, if we can, uh, because we're going to show you precisely what happened. I mean, as of last night, and I said that this was all happening, as I, I know it's not important to you, but it was quite an important tra- tube journey for me. You know, it all started on the uh, Jubilee line for me at uh, Canada Water, where I saw the apology letter, and then I thought, this is not going to go down well. And then, of course, um, we had the resignations of Sajid Javid and Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor of the Exchequer and the Secretary of State for Health, followed fairly swiftly by Solicitor General Alex Chalk, then followed by Theo Clark, who you might not know, but was a trade envoy to Kenya, Jonathan Gullis, who was Parliamentary Private Secretary uh, to the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, and he was a big player uh, in the new sort of Red Wall tour. One of Boris's most loyal yeah, supporters, Absolutely Mike. To right. lose him was significant. Yeah, and Virginia Crosby, Parliamentary Private Secretary at the Welsh Office. That was then followed by Andrew Murison, uh, trade envoy to Morocco, Nicola Richards, Parliamentary Private Secretary to the Department for Transport, Bim Afalami, who actually resigned live on Talk TV, uh, while he was being interviewed by Tom Newton Dunn, which is quite an extraordinary uh, act in itself. Saki Batty, uh, who's always been a very loyal uh, servant as well, Parliamentary Private Secretary to the Health Secretary. Uh, and then we had, of course, this morning, Will Quince resigning as a minister because he was sent out on Monday uh, to kind of count damage control, uh, if you like, tell everybody who wanted to hear that Boris Johnson was a fine man and, and he didn't remember anything that had ever happened to him. Uh, and he said that that was, in fact, wrong. He was asked to give out false information. Laura Trott, um, of course, has gone as well from the PPS and the Transport Department. And then this morning, uh, we've got uh, the final sort of nail in the coffin. Um, it was Robin Walker, who was an Undersecretary for State in the Education Department, Secretary for State for Schools, I think it was. Uh, we've now got Robert Halfen, MP, uh, Chair of the Education Select Committee, saying he's lost confidence in Johnson. We've had Lee Anderson say that he's lost confidence. Very significant uh, th- figure. These are really significant yeah. figures, even if they're not actually mm. ministers or PPSs. Yeah. They, are, they are Boris loyalists through and through. Yeah. You know, Lee Anderson, I mean, that is a, a really significant blow. And look, the, the, it's, it, it's the end. It's just a question mm. of how long. Uh, because he's now got to the position where he's not going to be able to fill all these vacant positions. Right. Frankly, no, and 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 I said last night uh, on the Piers Morgan show, and I say again, I think even if the cabinet haven't got the courage to remove him, actually, it's those underneath who will, I think, uh, complete this revolt. And essentially, it's almost like to use a sort of military term, it's like the, it's like the corporals and the sergeants mm. uh, saying to the generals and the brigadiers, uh, "Enough's enough," uh, and. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it time time's up. There's a uh, there's a coup afoot. There really is. And I mean, was he hasty or too hasty? Do you think last night in appointing um, Barclay uh, and Zahawi? Because, no, strategically, I mean, it didn't take very much time. No, to strategically, do that. he had to do that to give himself any chance at all. 
uh, what I think was that uh, I think that uh, I mean Steve Barclay has, has always said yes, mm. uh, but uh, Nadim Sahawi I think made a big strategic mistake in terms of his own leadership mm. ambitions, which I suspect uh, he won't have um, won't have increased. And anybody in the cabinet, uh, I think, is is weakening their their leadership chances mm. by the hour and in of course, staying. As politicians, these are the things; these are the big decisions that they now all have to make, don't yes. they? You know, do I stay with the you know the the train which is about to go over the cliff, or do I jump off the train um, and leave myself open to being picked up by somebody else who what, might what, be the next prime minister? What I can tell you is that uh, there are there are huge numbers of discussions going on between potential leadership candidates. Uh, starting to build their teams mm. and also talk to donors because Tory donors are very, very unhappy with mm. what's going on. Uh, there are some indeed who who actually uh, previously have expressed their support that they now regret. Uh, so this is um, no, it's it's cataclysmic, absolutely cataclysmic, and it's. I just think that the uncertainty also is 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 bad for government. The only possible chance that the prime minister has got, and I said it last night is if Zahawi came out, it would probably almost have to be today, mm. latest tomorrow, with a an emergency budget along the lines that I put forward a few weeks ago, cutting taxes hard on, on income tax, on VAT, on energy, environmental levies, and cutting fuel duty, mm. and saying we're going to cut government spending, we're going to go for growth, cut taxes. That would cut inflation. That might give them a bit of time, a bit of wriggle room. Yeah. But they would have to move very, very quickly because this is changing by the by the half hour. And they would be bound to be accused that in that case of, you know, being reckless with the economy, uh, being reckless with the, the exchequer. Uh, they're uh, basically, but it's not saving true. their own it's, it's actually not true because if they cut wasteful government spending around, which there is absolutely masses, all of us know that, all of, all of your viewers and listeners might know that. Mm. So you can save money on that side and actually... If you cut the if you cut VAT, for example, you cut the price of consumer goods, you actually have a one-off reduction in the rate of growth of inflation. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, this is what other countries have done. Let's learn from them. Let's see. You know, sometimes we're not the best at everything. Sometimes we can actually learn lessons. Germany have cut uh, fuel duty by about 25 uh, pence per litre. We could do the same. Mm. And we could say we're going we're gonna to 
cut wasteful spending on the other side. We'll get more growth mm. out of it. And meanwhile, in the background, there's still a whole range of uh, industries and, and unions waiting for a pay rise. More strikes on the way. We've got those fuel protests now, which are coming from the opposite side of the fence, where people didn't, can't afford to, uh, to put fuel in their, in their vehicles. You know, um, the airports are at a standstill, it seems, Correct. in various parts of the country. You know, there's a lot of things that need sorting out. The, uh, which is why they've got to move proactively, rapidly, promptly, with the sort of suggestions I made. The fuel protests would stop instantly mm. if he announced a 20, 25p cut in fuel duty, yeah. without question. So that could be done. If they agreed, actually, uh, that they're going to go for shale gas, for example, you can see uh, a reduction of energy prices in the medium term, things like that. Really significant statement from George Eustace, uh, over, I think yesterday, saying that he supports reopening uh, a new coal field uh, up in Cumbria. Mm. Again, so there's op- things they could do. Mm. They've just got to show some grip, and, and that would make a... Well, this a, is a massive the, difference in the direction I of think, travel. I think this is one of the problems Boris has, has faced over the last few weeks because every Friday we get to Friday, and I say, even though I wasn't with you last Friday, um, you know, nothing's happened. We've had another week of no change. You know, nothing that the government has suggested um, has come to pass. They haven't reduced anything. You know, everybody's still paying more money for everything. And, you know, what exactly are they doing? And I used to ask this question, what are they doing? What's Rishi Sunak and, doing? And, and this is the importance of leadership and timing because whilst this is all going on, Sterling is falling in the global currency markets, Mm. which means that everything that we import becomes even more expensive and therefore even more inflationary. You've got to give confidence to the markets. And this lack of leadership, this lack of grip is leading to a declining confidence. And that's costing us all hard cash. Right. Well, here's a thought for you. Angeli has just sent this in. Um, If the 1922 is going to change its rules, I think Boris should call an election. It's the fairest way to gauge what voters want. Any chance of that happening? I think no chance at all, because I don't think the Tory donors, the big donors, would fund it because they would know that it would be such a lost cause. Mm. And so I think they would say, no, um, we, we're not going to back that. This is not the time. No, because, the, you know, the Tories, the way they run an election, they would spend nearer 20 million than 10 million. And they've got to raise that. Mm. And I don't think the donors would put up with it. Be one or two, and they but, might want to wait until taxes go down before they actually throw him. Yeah, so I, I, th- I think they would say you're a lost cause, you've got to go. So right. I think there's and the, the truth is, if you've got two years left, and you're trying to cling on to power, the last thing you do is is throw it away by calling an election that you know you, lo- mm. you would lose. Richard Tice is here. Uh, this is the Independent Republican, Mike Graham. We'll take some calls coming up. Richard's going to stay with us. This is Talk TV. The Independent Republic Welcome back to Mike Talk Graham TV. This is the Independent Republican, Mike Graham. We're less than two hours away now from Prime Minister's Questions, which is going to be an absolute must-see event today, uh, live here on Talk TV. You won't want to miss it. Richard Tice is here with me. We're going to take a couple of calls, Richard, to see what we can uh, gauge is the mood of the nation. Um, here's this from Dave in Bristol. Says, Mike, Javid and Sunak have been mediocre at best. The NHS has not improved one iota under his watch and Sunak may have done some good things at the start of the pandemic but has been weak and ineffectual since. They are manoeuvring to suit their own political ambitions and the good of the country has taken a back seat. They are abetting the Remain and socialist movement through their self-interest. This is a planned and timed tactic which betrays the country and the party. Interesting thing to say. Let's talk to Gareth in Derbyshire. Hi Gareth. Yeah, good morning Mike. Morning. Nice to speak to you. Good to talk yeah. to you. What do you make of it all Gareth? Well, firstly, I think Boris should stay in, he should lock the door and put his feet under the table and (laughs) he should uh, ignore the noise because these are definitely plotters. And I'll tell you what, they're plotters from different angles. This this has nothing to do with Chris Pincher, who, by the way, was an insignificant junior minister who nobody had heard of since he did that thing in a bar that he did. Right. You know, I mean, this civil servant who's, uh, you know, basically... uh, 
said what he knew. Why didn't he say it six months ago or a year ago? But anyway, mm. the platters, this morning you had Michael Esseltine on your show. It wasn't on my show. I wouldn't have him on my show. Uh, <laughs> no, on uh, Julia. He's on Julia's <laughs> show. She's much fairer than I am. I'd just dropped my extremely sensible 15-year-old daughter off at school and yeah. I was driving back. And I tell you what, she's much more sensible than Michael Esseltine. Yeah, of course she because is. He let the cat out the bag, didn't he? What did he say? When Boris goes, Brexit goes. Yeah. So you've got a group of Conservative MPs who just want Boris out because they want to rekindle the European argument. And this is in a week where Keir Starmer's posted his flag in the Brexit courtyard, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Now, the next thing is you've got Sajid Javid, who's becoming a serial resigner, you know, how many times has he resigned yeah. now from Cabinet? Yeah, a few. So, yeah, and then you've got the most unremarkable Chancellor in history, that, who obviously wasn't doing some of the things that, um, you know, the new Chancellor's going to do. Yeah. Like, for instance, can you remember when VAT was 7.5%? I can. Rather than, you know, the European method of doing it, where they forced us to make it 20%, mm. because it became 15% after the poll tax scenario, and then it went up to 17%, and yeah. then it went up to 20%. Yeah. So, no, I think this is this is all it is. And any of those Conservative MPs who are in red wall seats who think they're going to do better without Boris, I think they might as well just go on one of my holidays to Iceland now. Because, <laughs> There's a lot of know, truth to what you say, Gareth. Um, I'm going to come to James in a second. Richard, I mean, there are a lot of people who will agree with what Gareth has just said, you know, Boris Johnson is the reason why they got the 80-seat majority. It's not because of the Tory party, uh, right? And it is because of uh, his, his his vow to get Brexit done. But without Boris Johnson, the Tories are not electable in a lot of those seats. Look, it's correct that he got the majority and, mm. he, and he did get Brexit done, albeit, uh, as we know, uh, not very well, with plenty of problems and yeah. they haven't taken advantage. In a sense, um, you're right. He, he's got to get on with the job and the uh, the new Chancellor... You know, he's going around all the media studios yeah. when he should be at his desk mm. with the Prime Minister working out an emergency budget in order to give people confidence. And yeah. they could, if they wanted to, and if they had the, the oomph and the, 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 the nous, then they could turn this round, but it has to be today. He shouldn't be going to the liaison committee. He should be planning a new budget with the Chancellor, cutting taxes hard, cutting the cost of consumer group uh, goods. And then people might say, now they've woken up. Yeah. Now they've realised we'll give them a chance. I doubt they'll do that, and I think he's doomed. OK. James is in Liverpool. James, uh, very good morning to you. Morning, Mike. Morning, Richard. Good what morning. do you reckon, sir? Well, first of all, the coverage you guys have covered over the last 24 hours has been absolutely exceptional. Uh, I can't stop watching it, so well done on I that. I can't stop being on it. <laughs> no, Mike. Well, I watched your programme at 10 o'clock last night, which you chaired, and it was absolutely, yeah. you know, it was really awesome. Anyway, I'm a Labour man, as you probably know, yes. Mike, but um, I see the bigger picture as always. From a Labour point of view, the best thing that could happen is Keir gets a ticket this week and we get a new leader in. Right. I've got to be totally Who would you like? My crumbs. Um, anybody but the above. No. Um, Don't say Lisa I'd, Nandy. No, 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 no. I'd probably go, you know what, Mike? I might go for somebody totally left field and maybe somebody like West Streeting. Um, right. You know, because not a lot of people know about him and maybe he might come to the fore. The point I want to make to Richard, and I have my disagreements with Richard, but he's always an honest and straightforward chap. He makes a really good point. Whatever your politics, Mike, having a, in my view, somebody who tells lies as the leader of our country, it overpins everything. 
and, and we're becoming, you know, a laughing stock. I watched Richard last night on Piers' show, and we're almost becoming a laughing stock in the world, Mike and Richard, and it's not a good look for the UK. You're so right, James, and it's so sad just at the moment when actually, I mean, the one good thing this Prime Minister has done has been our, our leadership at the top table around the world in respect of the war in the Ukraine, and he's now throwing that all away. Mm. And so we are becoming a laughing stock, and... Uh, it, it's James, you know, it is so sad and it's so unnecessary. James, nope, oh, James is gone. Really, Mike and Richard. I think at the end of the day, whoever's whoever we get in in situ is the new thing. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Boris. I don't know if you think about this, Richard. I mean, and you, Mike, you know your business, but whether he would go and basically call for a vote of confidence from the House. He loses that and goes to the country. Yeah. It's possible. I, I wonder whether that could be the sort of end game here, uh, James, because, you know, what we both know, Richard, is that Boris Johnson will do anything to stay in power, yes. right? Which might include a general election. So, James, here's a, here's a question. If uh, the Durham police give Keir Starmer a ticket yes. and he then uh, resigns, that yes. could be the moment that the Prime Minister, if he's still there cause an election on the basis that puts Starmer and the Labour leadership into a pickle. Yeah, what, what would you yeah. want to happen then, James? Would you want Starmer to carry on or someone like Wes Treating to take over immediately? I think somebody would have to take over immediately. Uh, I think Keir going to the country, he's, he's, he's a nice enough chap. I mean, I've, I've happened to have met him, a nice enough guy. But you've got to have that charisma. You've got to have something about you. You know this, mate. You've got to have a bit of personality. Mm. And whatever you think of Boris, he's got personality with a capital P. He has, I mean, and I think we would. I, mean, I think we would miss that personality if we had some sort of grey figure um, who was just doing exactly the same as before. Because the one thing we've all decided the public wants is an end to this net zero nonsense. There's nobody in current cabinet uh, who's going to change that, right? Correct. They're going to continue with that ridiculous policy. But nor would nor would Labour. And nor would Labour. Uh, we've got a, a ridiculously kind of a bereft uh, opposition leader at the moment. Who, if he even steps aside. Um, will make way for who? I mean, I don't. I don't think West Streeting is ready for anything like the, the prime ministership at all. Um, so you've basically got what looks like several weeks, possibly months, of complete indolence um, and and nothing happening. Because even if Boris is removed at some point next week, he'll sit there throughout the summer while they have a leadership contest. Yes, uh, who, who knows? It's interesting. I mean, someone like West Streeting, I think, has got a lot more dynamism about him than Keir Starmer. But has he got any judgment? Well, uh, time will tell. You never really know, actually, mm. until they uh, until they're really put on the spot. Yeah. But the reality is, around the country, nobody knows these people. But what I heard on the doors, and I think James uh, may agree or disagree, is in a sense it's anybody but Boris, ABB, mm. and I think that's the mood of the country. That was the that, that's the sense I heard on the doors, uh, and therefore what people, about are, the people are willing like to Gareth? vote for anybody. What about the people like Gareth who rang in initially there and said that you know shut the door, don't let anybody in, just carry, carry on running the country. I mean, can he do that? Only if he does what I, what I mentioned earlier, mm. which is with the Chancellor, they've got to do something really seismic, really significant to show a change of course and to respond. Cutting taxes hard, going for cheaper energy by saying we're going to open up the oil fields, the gas fields, the shale gas, mm. we're going to get cheaper energy, we're going to become self-reliant. Um, we're going to say, look, the direction toward net zero... Admirable though it may be, is not achievable given we're mm. you know facing a we're, we're essentially we've got a war in Europe. Um, that would sing, signal a change that might might give them a bit of time. But okay. uh, let's talk to Jackie in Littlehampton. Jackie, very good morning to you. Oh, good morning, Mike. I'm the, I'm afraid I'm the complete opposite. I I'm a lifelong Tory voter. Um, I'm 73. Mm. 
and I am absolutely disgusted with this lot and their shenanigans. It breaks my heart. I think they're wrecking the country yeah. through self-interest. They should get rid of Boris Johnson. Um, uh, if, if the hope that this Tory party will survive, it, it's not at all Tory as I recognise the party. Yeah. And I don't, I'm really frightened at the thought of this new Chancellor that he's going to um, do great damage with, um, not, you know, just for a populist vote. Um, and if I possibly could, I really enjoy Richard Tice and I would vote for him, I'm afraid now. Oh, bless you. The morning I'm not having this. Listen, I'm not having you coming on my show praising Richard Tice. It's absolutely disgraceful behaviour. But listen, well, Jackie. It's unlikely, I think, that there'll be a candidate in this part of the world. So, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll have a candidate, Jackie. Don't you worry. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do that. Jackie, listen, great to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, there is this huge um, divide once again, even amongst Tories. I mean, I was bizarrely back in. Um, March of last year, calling for Boris to go because of the Conservative agenda that he wasn't fulfilling, that he wasn't taking care of the borders, he wasn't stopping the migrants, he wasn't uh, lowering taxes, he was raising them, he was doing all the things that he promised not to do. No, you had a moment of visionary brilliance by I being have those the first... every day. Well, th- the problem was you then didn't follow through because you then bottled it. That's not true. It is, you bottled it and, and you thought that he, that was, he was then doing the right thing. Just when you'd, you know, you'd started this, mm. uh, this process. Yeah. Um, then you bottled it, and now you've come back to my way of thinking, which I'm delighted about. Mate. Well, because when circumstances change, obviously intelligent people change <laughs> see, uh, their views. Well, don't you they? journalists can do that, whereas obviously I'm in a different position. I've got to have a a, a constant view and, and principle. Yeah, uh, but at ideology. least you've got one fan in Littlehampton, so uh, things know, are looking up. Things are looking up. It's a good day for Richard Tice. Uh, it's not a good day for Boris Johnson. However, uh, we'll be bringing you he versus uh, Sir Keir Starmer. Richard, uh, you'll be back on Friday, if not before. You'll probably be all over the place again tonight, I would imagine. Um, you can't. <laughs> miss Richard Tyson's opinions, nor mine. Uh, we'd like to hear more of yours as well. Uh, 0344 499 1000. Uh, here's one from Jill who says, so the first thing Zahawi does is give teachers a pay rise, looking after the public sector. Again, totally untory thing to do. Private sector just have to accept their salary or walk. They're the ones who are struggling. When will the Tories learn their core cool voters are private sector? Very well said. Uh, we'll be back after the news. Edgy talk, plain talk, unrivaled talk, Mike Graham. The only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On the app, on your mobile, talk radio and talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We've got an awful lot to do today. It's a big day for Boris Johnson. It's a big day for the Conservative Party. It's also a big day for Britain, after all, uh, because right now uh, we are sort of in limbo. Uh, A lot of people want to see Boris Johnson resigning. He's not going to do that. A lot of people think that the 1922 committee will force his hand, and that could be in as little as a week's time. An awful lot of other people, and we've had a couple of them on today to tell us why, uh, think that Boris Johnson should just barricade himself in his office, take no notice of all the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune going on around him and just continue to run the country. The problem is, of course, that he has been running the country, but he hasn't been running it very well because you might say uh, that he was hidebound uh, and he was kind of hobbled if you like, by the COVID pandemic. Yes, there was some truth to that. Rishi Sunak gave away an awful lot of money, became a very popular man. Uh, It was then pointed out uh, to me, by the way, uh, by those who support Boris Johnson, uh, that he was a very wealthy man and his wife wasn't paying enough tax, even though actually she was. It turns out that he uh, then had his reputation ruined, trashed, 
he was more or less kicked out uh, of the race to be the next Prime Minister of this nation. However, he resigned yesterday and he now is in a perfect position to take over if Boris Johnson actually goes. We're going to talk to Trevor Kavanagh, uh, who is, of course, Associate Editor and Political Columnist at The Sun. Uh, the Sun, interestingly, is still giving Boris Johnson uh, one last chance in the last chance saloon. The question is... Will he get served in the last chance saloon or will he be told uh, that the shutters are coming down and you have to now leave the premises? That is the big question. But just before we talk to Trevor, let me point out uh, what some of Boris Johnson's enemies are actually like. And you might remember a bloke called Nish Kumar, um, a little known comedian uh, who isn't very funny. He used to do a show uh, called The Mash Report on the BBC. They dropped it because basically nobody was watching it. Uh, he claimed they dropped it because um, of the colour of his skin. He put this out yesterday as a tweet, balancing out the fact that I can't stand Javid or Sunak with the fact that I love to see a rich white man brought down by Asians. Now, by anybody's stretch of the imagination, that would be considered racist. I'm not sure. I don't like accusing people of racism, but I do accuse him of complete and utter plankishness. And in fact, he may well get himself on Plank of the Week next week. Let's talk to somebody far more sensible. Trevor Kavanagh is here. Trevor, very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike, and well said on uh, Nishikuma. I mean, you know, these people should just get a life, you know. Um, imagine if you or I had tweeted something like that. Uh, you know, we'd be hauled across the coals, drowned in the Thames and told never to return to the public stage. But anyway, um, interesting. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was on the talk last night. The Times leader came in, which was very much a sort of, you know, game over for Boris Johnson. Uh, very hard line on the fact that he has to leave, that he's doing all the wrong things for the country. The Sun being a bit more forgiving this morning, saying... You know, he is in the last chance saloon. He does need to do something. Um, but he, he has still got the opportunity to do that. Yes. And I think that uh, the reason that we're supportive in that sense is because of what he has done, which is to deliver Brexit, which is something we supported for 40 years mm. uh, in different forms. And because of his performance in the pandemic and what he's doing now in Ukraine. OK, there are lots of other areas where we feel disappointed, to say the least. And so we are giving him a last chance, but I suspect, and in fact, I've already written off that last chance. I think he's finished. I think it's a matter of time, and I don't think there's much of that time left. Mm. Well, certainly we've seen two more um, resignations this morning. We've got Robert Halfen now saying that he has no confidence. Lee Anderson, I think quite importantly also, uh, as one of those new breed of, of sort of red wall politicians who've come in, straight talking, working class background, speaks for the people very much who wanted Brexit to happen. You know, he doesn't have many friends left in the room, really. No, and I think of all of those resignations, OK, Lee Anderson is probably not a household name and... Uh, he isn't uh, a ministerial, he doesn't have a job. Uh, but his words were really quite damning mm. because he has been a die-in-the-ditch supporter of Boris right from the beginning. He's a Midlands MP and someone who I think used to speak and still speaks a great deal of common sense. So his departure will send out a lot of signals to a lot of MPs who are wavering on that sort of edge. And, you know, 148 MPs voted against Boris in the leadership election. I think that number has swollen mm. considerably. And there is a big worry that the elections for the 1922 executive will mean a rule change. And that will mean that there'll be another contest. That is, if Boris survives that long. Yes. I mean, it has been suggested to me that Graham Brady might go to Boris Johnson next week before the 1922 committee vote. Um, to say, look, this is likely to happen. You're likely to be, you know, forced out. So maybe you should just go gracefully. Could you see that happening? I could. I mean, this is the um, the men in grey suits, the legendary figures yes. who 
sort of disappeared off the scene for quite a long time, and now they're back in force in the shape of Graham Brady as chairman of that committee. Um, what Boris will do then, I don't know, but you, he's got to get through today first. He's got Prime Minister's questions in under an hour. He's got the liaison committee of all the backbench committee chairmen this afternoon. That's going to be a pretty torrid affair, both of them. Um, and it will take a lot of chutzpah on the part of Boris, which, of course, in normal times he has plenty of, to get through that in one in one piece. Mm. It is going to be extraordinarily difficult for him, I would have thought today, uh, Prime Minister's questions, because even Sir Keir Starmer, as useless as he is, surely will land one or two blows on him. You know, uh, I'm just getting breaking news, by the way. Felicity Buchan, MP, has now resigned as Parliamentary Private Secretary in the Department of Business. And John Glenn, uh, MP for Salisbury, City Minister, has also gone. So, I mean, this will happen now, probably between now and midday. There'll be another two or three um, and in the end, it's the sheer weight of of people who have lost faith in the prime minister, surely, that in the end will do him in. Yes, and there's a question mark over the future of George Eustace, the <coughs> environment minister, who, again, being a diehard Brexiteer, is a, is a worrying figure if he decides to walk as well. So all of these things accumulating in a way which, from my experience in politics, it's irrecoverable. And uh, you can't lose two heavyweight cabinet ministers. Uh, whatever your feelings about them may be, you can't lose a chancellor and a health secretary in the middle of a, an economic and health crisis without no. serious repercussions. No, I think that's right. And do you have any fears about the future of the Tory party? Because, you know, we've spoken many times, Trevor, about how it hasn't been conservative enough under Boris Johnson. That You know, the net zero campaign has backfired for, for an awful lot of people in the country. The problem with the migrants arriving still illegally on our shores, that hasn't helped. You know, the, the lack of control of immigration, you know, the high taxes, all of the things that actual conservatives want to see, they're not happening. No, all that's true. And I think it's at the heart of the discontent with Boris. I think that all sorts of things have happened, like, for instance, Partygate, which already is receding, although mm. it's left its mark at high tide. And then the constant denials followed by admissions, which have um, led to a feeling that whatever is, is, emerges from Downing Street in the way of a rebuttal is followed. It must be a lie in itself. That's the big problem about mm. this government. It simply has lost all trust. Uh, and when that happens, it's almost impossible to recover it. But as you were talking about the future of the Conservative Party, I think its greatest strength in looking ahead is the Labour Party, which is led by a man who is an even bigger liar when he talks about <laughs> how you can trust me when I make my mind up and say something. He's, he's ducked and dived and changed his mind and twisted the truth so many times in recent uh, months that... I think that will also have left a high tide mark and people are going to wonder what on earth they've got to choose. Between. Yeah. Well, I mean, this I is... I don't think it's going to be Labour. No, I mean, this is the same guy um, who voted 48 times separately against leaving the European Union and now says Brexit's a good idea and he thinks that we should support it. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, anyone who believes that <laughs> has to be quite deluded. I, nobody, not even in the... Uh, within the Labour Party, which is already upset by what he just said, uh, believes that this is a dead issue and that we're now going to surge forward and grasp the op opportunities of Brexit and become an independent sovereign state. It, it, there's no way that the Labour Party will go in that direction. It's totally committed to Europe. And so he is lying through his teeth. Mm. 
And is there any chance, do you think, that the Hesseltines of this world and the Sadiq Khans of this world will seize on this opportunity when Boris is weak um, to do something about what's happened in Europe? I mean, I don't really understand what Keir Starmer's argument is uh, that he wants to do Brexit differently. I don't really understand how he plans to do that. But there is still a rump of, of, of our former kind of established political uh, elite who would like us to, to reconnect with Europe. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, Sadiq Khan, I mean, it's a ghastly thought that one day he might run and succeed in running as leader of the Labour Party. Mm. I think that would be the end of Labour as a, a, a fighting political force, at mm. least in my view. I've Luckily, I've got an Australian passport and I really do believe I might use it if he became prime minister. <laughs> well, I think we've all said that if uh, Labour were to get in, it might just be lights out time again and go back to the 70s and the, the, the bad old days. But but so what do you see happening over the coming days? I mean, obviously, there'll be some manoeuvring. Michael Gove has been very quiet. We haven't heard too much from him, but he's bound to be, you know, planning something. Um, Rishi Sunak will, uh, uh, like Sajid Javid, have an opportunity this afternoon to give a resignation speech, which could be quite damaging. What do you see going on? Well, it's hard to be absolutely certain, but it's pretty clear that Boris's days or even hours are now numbered. Um, we will see more resignations. We might see some quite heavyweight um, resignations. As I say, George Eustace, after all, is a, a, a cabinet minister. You can only lose so many cabinet ministers. I think that the party itself is uh, the, the 1922 committee is being addressed tonight by Dominic Raab. It'll be interesting what sort of signal he gets from them. It's unlikely to be a favourable one. And in the end, it's the party and the party in Parliament which will decide whether Boris comes or goes or stays. And I think it's, it's go, frankly. I think he's a dead man walking. And if you were to look back on Rishi Sunak's time as Chancellor of the Exchequer, um, would you agree with me that it wasn't a particularly good one? No, um, and I think that there is a question... I mean, he has professed his loyalty to Boris mm. throughout. But there are questions over that, too, because whenever Boris needed uh, assistance during the peak times of uh, Partygate and so on, it was very obvious that um, <clears throat> Rishi was elsewhere, a bit like Gordon Brown or McCavity mm. the cat, absent right. when needed. Uh, so, you know, uh, but the economic decisions, um, had uh, Rishi resigned earlier when there was a clash over spending versus taxation, I think he would be rock solid secure as a potential successor. He didn't do that. Mm, and I think that's probably um, why he won't become the next Prime Minister if, if it is up for grabs. Uh, Trevor, great to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Trevor Kavanagh there uh, from The Sun, giving the reason why um, The Sun is still leaving a little room, wiggle room, not very much for Boris Johnson to recover. Uh, but as Trevor Kavanagh said there, uh, even he has pretty much given up on that small chink of light uh, in the very dark tunnel. Speaking of... Uh, Larry the cat, uh, who is, of course, the uh, uh, the Downing Street cat. He has his own Twitter account. Uh, it's not actually his Twitter account, but Larry the cat has said, uh, and there's a great picture of him outside uh, number 10. Uh, I can no longer, in good conscience, live with this prime minister. Either he goes or I do. That's kind of where we are. Uh, we will come back with more after this. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio.